drive as well. Again, my name is Greg Willits, and I am your host for the next few hours here on AM 1160, The Quest, as we're going through our Atlanta Family Strong Spirit Drive, 470-508-1160. Joining me in studio right now, we have two moms. I, I, you know, I, I, have, I have five kids, and my wife and I like to think that we've been praying for vocations their entire lives. We, we, we like to think, I, and I've been saying this, we've got four boys, and then our, our fifth kid is a daughter. And I've been offering her to the Dominican sisters of St. Cecilia or Mary Mothers of the Eucharist every time I see her. But they say, well, she's only 10, so we can't take her yet. But I keep, I keep trying to give her away. <laughs> Lily, you know I love you, but you know, still, you can be a nun. Uh, but, but by four boys, we've been praying for holy vocations. And holy vocations could mean, of course, holy matrimony. But how wonderful would it be to have sons who are also priests? Well, joining me in studio right now, Kathy Cotta and Carol Porter, Two moms who actually have their sons studying right now for the priesthood. And they're going to share that vocational story and some of what brought their kids to that point of wanting to be priests. Carol, Kathy, welcome to the Spirit Drive. Good morning. So I'm going to start with you, Carol. Okay. So tell us about your son and a little bit about his vocational journey. Paul's journey started at Georgia Southern, um, a focus... Um, missionary was approaching him after mass. He would go to mass on Sundays and kind of started a relationship and just a conversation. And one um, one weekend, I decided to go visit him. And uh, he said, I, I got something I want to tell you. And he'd been dating this young lady for a long time. And I thought, oh my gosh, here we are. He's going to get married. I'm going to have a wedding. And then the babies. And I had this all worked up in my head. So we go on this walk and he says, mom, I think I might want to go to seminary. And of course, my jaw drops. And I instantly have this vision of me in the Adoration Chapel, um, praying to God to be able to have a baby. And if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And I totally forgot Mm. that that happened and that I did that because my husband and I took us five years to to get Paul. And... um, so I had this vision when he told me that, you know, I was like starstruck. I, did, I didn't say anything. And I didn't tell him for the longest time about this experience and what I had done because I wanted it to be his thing. I wanted it to be his calling, not mine. Um, so he decided that I, I think I need to go to seminary. I don't know if I want to be a priest, but I think I, that's where I need to be. And so we encouraged him. Absolutely. Let's, let's go that route and see what you think. And what was he studying at Georgia Southern when this happened? Communications, okay. broadcasting and communications, um, which I think has helped him tremendously, sure, sure. you know? Um, so, you know, he went off to Mundelein and, um, it's been awesome ever since. And so about his third or fourth year, I finally revealed to him, um, Hey, I might've had a part in this, you know, <laughs> I have to tell you. And he was humbled by it. And I think by then he'd made his own mind up that this is what God was calling him to do. So it just kind of reaffirmed where he was headed. And he wasn't feeling an obligation either. It's like, well, mom prayed about this. So this is something I have to do. Right. It's no. just, it's I was something. glad I waited to tell him. Now I find it interesting that, you know, again, when uh, oftentimes when you think about being in Georgia, we're in, you know, the Bible belt and, you don't necessarily think of going off to a place like Georgia Southern only to encounter the fellowship of Catholic university students. Right. And so the fact that they had a focused missionary there, I find it really intriguing that no matter where you send your kids off, God can still be there. Absolutely. And that idea of a focused missionary, how did your, how did your son, Paul, how did he get 
uh, into that community with that focus, that focus missionary that was there. Well, Paul was in a fraternity. And so the first couple of times this young man approached him, um, he pretty much shut him down and said, you know, I'm, I'm not interested. But then the young man came up to him and said, you know, we want to do some fundraising. And I know you're really, you know, you're in a fraternity, you've done it, you're an expert at it. Can you just have lunch with me and um, help me figure out some fundraising? And that was all Paul needed to go, oh, sure, because it was not threatening. Yeah, yeah. It was just a normal conversation. And this this young man got him to, you know, think about what do you want in life? Where do you want to go? And that's that's how it all started. So how far is Paul into his, his seminary and training right now? He's his last year. Oh. He's a transitional deacon. He already has. He's been ordained oh, a transitional deacon already. that was an amazing experience for me as a mother. How many hours did you cry? <laughs> um... A lot. <laughs> During everything, one of my friends even said to me, uh, you are the biggest crybaby pee-pee pants. And I said, I know, I know. Well, I'm sitting here, and I'm, I'll be honest, I'm yeah. debating You know, right now. It's like, should, should I go for it? Should I should I make her cry? Yeah, because I could tell you're like right on. You're like right on the edge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And just talking about your son Paul. Yeah, he's almost going to be a priest. Yeah, and and so just imagining next June. It's just and it's, so I, you can see it's where I'm humbling. going with this. I'm, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, love, I love making people cry on Catholic radio. It's the one of the greatest <laughs> greatest privileges of my life is to be able to because the, all I'm doing is I'm emphasizing how Jesus is working in yeah. someone's life, and yeah. you can't share these kinds of stories without seeing how incredibly blessed Christ has blessed you. Do you have yes. other kids in addition to Paul? I do. We were able to have Matthew, and then um, we ended up adopting Thomas. Okay, so so you got yeah. Paul, Matthew, and Thomas. Yeah, I have yeah. Thomas as well. Yeah, um, and and. Uh, how do they feel about their brother studying for the priesthood? They're in awe. They were just as shocked as we were. Um, but I think they they all they both have come around in their faith, and Paul has challenged them in their own lives, and it's been great for how, them. How so? How has and and is Paul's the oldest? Yes, and he's challenged Matthew and Thomas in their faith lives. Number one, what's the age difference between them? And number two, how has he challenged them? Um, Matt is eighteen months younger. And okay. Thomas is um, 22, so he's you know seven years younger. Okay, um, you know I think he's getting them to um, think about where where do they want to go? Are you are you going to church because mom and dad want you to? Are you there for you? Yeah, you know what are you getting out of it? And when they're both looking at future spouses, and he talks to them a lot about um, are you picking somebody that'll help you. Um, become important that the Christ and, and the Catholic Church will be important in their lives as well. Hmm. We're speaking right now here during the AM 1160 Quest Atlanta Family Strong Spirit Drive. We are talking about vocations, but particularly from the perspectives of mothers whose children have vocations. Carol Porter and Kathy Cotta joining us in the studio, 470 if you'd like to make a donation right now, that's the number you want to call. You can also go, of course, to thequestatlanta.com. But maybe you'd like to make a donation in honor of these two women who have who have sons studying for the priesthood. Maybe you have someone else who you'd like to honor during this hour. 470-508-1160. That's the number that you want to call right now to be able to make that donation. And I also want to just let you know you're not going to want to miss out because we actually have a surprise in the second half of this hour that we're going to be unveiling. So you don't want to miss out on that. Stick around. We're going to be sharing that very soon. But I want to talk to a little bit with Kathy. Kathy, tell us about your son and, and his vocational story. Well, mine is much different than Carol's. Robbie started talking about wanting to be a priest when he was a little boy. I would say like 
like first grade. And um, he so desperately wanted to be an altar server. And at the time, he wasn't old enough to altar serve. So as soon as he received his first communion, I went to our pastor at the time, Monsignor Marin, and I said, he desperately wants to altar serve, but he's not old enough. So Monsignor Marin said, we'll waive the age limit and we'll get him <laughs> trained. So Robbie started serving. So he talked about it from the time he was very, very young. And um, I said to Monsignor, I said, well, how do we encourage this without pushing it? And he said, now you'll not be doing nothing. All you need to do is just keep it on the menu. When you talk about what do you want to be when you grow up, if he says a policeman or a fireman, say, do you still think about being a priest? And we did it right on through until he was in seminary. We always ask the question. Mm. <laughs> I love your your fake Irish accent that you just, yeah, well, you not be doing nothing. It's him. It's, it's, it's the best I could do. Sorry. <laughs> so, and, and you don't want to be pushing. Right. You don't want to be pushing it, but at the same time, you're encouraging it. That's a fine line of, of encouraging without pushing, of bringing it up, making the decision. Your son wanted to be an altar server at a young age throughout elementary school and into high school. What was faith life for Robbie? Um, our family was a little different in that my husband wasn't Catholic. He didn't come into the church until my kids were a little farther along in elementary school. I don't remember the exact year, but we always went to Mass as a family. Mm. So that was a big thing. And he and I both got very involved in our parish at the time, and our friends were actually surprised when my husband joined RCIA because they thought he was Catholic already because huh. we were there all the time. So um, I wouldn't say we were outstanding Catholics or extremely faithful Catholics. We went to Mass on Sunday, we were involved in ministry, and it was just a part of our life. We weren't extraordinary in any way. And um, I would just say that, that we lived our life as faithfully as we could when the children were growing up. But fortunately for us, Robbie had very good priests and deacons um, at the time that were good examples to him. And that's so vital. I mean, that's one of the things that I know that we've been really blessed with is having that example of priests and deacons in our kids' lives. And just even right now, as we're talking and there's mass being celebrated right next door in, in the next room by a priest who has had a huge impact on my own children's lives. Mm -hmm. And it's not that difficult to, to establish those kind of relationships. I mean, the last I heard, most priests eat meals. And so, and so it's, it's not out of the ordinary that when you ask them, would you like to have a meal that they may say, yes, I would. And they'll come to your house for that meal, at which point your kids can get to know, uh, your, your, you know, local priest. And so for us, you know, priests have had a, a huge impact and even our kids have had their confessions heard at our house by a priest and that kind of thing really makes an impact. And so for you, talk about that relationship of, of the priests and deacons and, and your your children and how, other children other than Robbie as well. I have a daughter okay. who's 16 months younger than Robbie. Okay. And the great story there is she's going to be married in January and Deacon Paul Porter is going to be serving at her mass. Oh, that's and that's fantastic. And, uh, witnessing their wedding vows that's tremendous that's pretty cool so I, i'm assuming that the relationship between the two of you 
goes back before your sons entered into the seminary? No. No, no you met because of that. Yes. Absolutely. Well, we have to hear more about that. We're gonna, we are going to take a quick break, but I do want to hear more of how that relationship of two sons studying for the seminary, two sons wanting to be priests, how that has impacted this friendship between two ladies, Kathy Cotta, as well as Carol Porter, joining me in the studio. AM 1160, the Quest Atlanta Family Strong Spirit Drive. It's happening right now, and we need to hear from you. As I said, we have a surprise coming up in the second half of the hour, so stick around for that. 470-508-1160. That's the number that you want to call right now. We are still getting amazing testimonials from people who are listening and listening to the Quest, listening to the Quest this week. For example, Maria from St. Thomas the Apostle said, the Quest teaches me about the correct Catholic teachings. It helps me talk about my faith with confidence. Paula says, I love the Quest Radio. It's so good to have my faith emboldened by this station. So thank you to both of you. Thank you to everyone who's called in with their testimonies. We'd love to hear from you, and we would greatly appreciate your financial contributions and your financial help. We have a goal of $50,000 that we need to raise today, which is a tremendous amount of money, and we still have quite a ways to go to reach that goal. We're not going to reach it if you don't pick up the phone and call us right now. 470-508-1160. Again, 470-508-1160. I'm Greg Willits, and you are listening to AM 1160, The Quest, during our Atlanta Family Strong Spirit Drive. More coming ahead in just a few moments. Let the Atlanta Catholic Radio community pray together. Remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. The Quest presents Mom Minutes with Cameron Frad from Among the Lilies. Our life as moms are so busy. We're driving to and from this activity, that sport, and we're just busy all the time. We need to take a moment for ourselves and to breathe. We need to find a resting place. Um, I know for me, I'm so busy with my children. I don't actually have much time of quiet. And when there is a moment of quiet, my brain is racing to process all the interactions and or images or experiences of my day. Um, how do you find a quiet place? How do you quiet your heart? We must remove things in our lives so that we can have our hearts as a resting place for Jesus. Take a moment and let him dwell inside of you. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. So, you love listening to The Quest but can't always listen live? No worries. Now with the Quest Atlanta app, you never have to miss out. Listen on demand, submit prayer requests, catch up on the latest headlines, and so much more. Available on the App Store and Google Play today. There was no single event. It was more gradual. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus. And that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith 
is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I wouldn't be the spouse. I wouldn't be the father. wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. This is Erica Garcia from St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Marietta, Georgia. You're listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio, AM 1160, The Quest. Welcome back to AM 1160, The Quest, and our Atlanta Family Strong Spirit Drive. My name is Greg Willett. So glad to be here with you as we are hearing so many amazing testimonies and stories from our listeners and our guests in studio. And we're hearing, thankfully, from you as well, 470-508-1160. That's the number that we want you to call right now to make your financial contribution to help us to continue this work. If you are benefiting from the work of the quest, please give us a call right now and let us hear from you. Let's Before we continue in our conversations, uh, talk about seminarians and their moms and how they got to know each other. We're speaking with Kathy Cott and Carol Porter, who are joining us in studio. Let's make sure that we are also taking all of our efforts today into prayer and really entrusting the work of the quest and the the uh, the work of our families and our own family apostolates. Let's bring it to Jesus Christ and ask him to truly uh, bless the work that we're trying to do, as well as to give this to him as well. So if you would join me here in a moment for prayer in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen Amen. lord jesus thank you so much for being here with us we humbly thank you for all the doors you've opened to create atlantic catholic radio the quest and as we continue on with this spirit drive let us make sure that in all things that we're doing that we are seeking your will in all that we're doing to bear the fruit that you desire we are truly on a quest you know our hearts lord we're on a quest to invite and to inform to inspire everyone who might be listening right now. And we strive to bring a million souls into your loving arms by enjoying the quest in their daily lives. We cannot make that happen, Lord, without you. We need your guidance. We need you to lead us down the right paths. And as we grow our listenership, we ask for all that's possible to fill hearts with your love and a renewal of your spirit. O Holy Spirit, anoint us with wisdom and teach us to follow your inspirations. Jesus, we're only your couriers. We're simply your voice, your hands. We ask that you use the quest with your perfect will. Jesus Jesus of mercy, take the quest and make it yours. Let's ask for the intercession of our Mother Mary when we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray Pray for for us. So speaking right now, as I said, with Kathy Cotta, Carol Porter, hearing their stories of their children who have gone on to enter into the seminary. Kathy, how far into the seminary is your son right now? Robbie's just beginning his sixth year of seven. Okay, sixth of seven. So at the end of this year, will he be um, uh, ordained a transitional deacon then? God willing, yes. Uh, God willing. See, I got, got to throw that in there. God, God willing at all times. God willing, he will be. And so at that point then, yeah, what's your daughter think of her brother going through seminary right now? Um. 
I, I think she's proud of him. I think she's happy about it. Um, his example has been good to the whole family, I think. We've learned a lot from him. Um, we've seen him grow in his faith. And just uh, the comfort that the faith has given him, I think, is a good example to all of us. When he went off to college, did he already kind of know that this is where he was going to be heading? Or was this a bit of a surprise to him as well? Um, it was always on his mind from the time he was very young. But he was a typical, ordinary kid, loved music, played all different sports, went off to Georgia Southern, like Deacon Paul did. And Georgia Southern is not known for fostering vocations, by the way. <laughs> and uh, he actually, my daughter ended up there as well, two years prior. Uh, two years after him, so they were there together, and they had both fallen out of the habit of going to Mass regularly. And I talked with them about it a few times, and they said, well, you know, we're just out of the habit, it's not convenient. So my husband and I told them if they would go to Mass, we would buy them dinner or breakfast, whatever meal corresponded with that Mass. So with with the bribery of a free meal, they both started going to Mass, and it was good for us because they were going together. Hmm. So we thought maybe they were kind of looking out for each other and taking care of each other. So um, to any parents that may be listening, bribery goes a long way sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So at what point of going to Mass then and getting back into Mass, did your son start to feel something else going on in his life? He would be better to talk about that with, I don't know exactly, because he was never really vocal about his call. But... um, He came home right before, uh, I believe it was his last year, and he went to the first Mass of Thanksgiving for Father Dennis Dorner. Hmm. And he says that it was at that Mass that it became abundantly clear to him that he was hearing a call to the priesthood. And it was difficult because he was in a long-term relationship with a lovely girl at that time. Hmm. So it, it was tough. And you hear those stories of those breakups, man. I just don't even know how you do that. So I love you, but I'm breaking up with you because I'm going to be a priest instead. But to follow that, to have the courage and the fortitude to follow through with that, that's pretty amazing. Well, and it is because the the it's really a God thing is because this girl wasn't Catholic. I believe she was Southern Baptist, lovely girl. And she was so understanding and so loving about the whole thing. I called her after the breakup and I said, I'm so sorry you've been hurt. And she said, he told me from the beginning that this was a possibility. Hmm. So it was like God put the right woman in his life at the right time to have it all work out the way he needed it to. So we were very blessed. Kathy Cotta, Carol Porter joining us here in studio at the Quest AM 1160 during our Atlanta Family Strong Spirit Drive 470-508-1160. We'd love to hear from you during this hour. If you would like to make a donation in honor of these two moms, Kathy Cotta and Carol Porter, or maybe in honor of their sons who are studying for the seminary, are both of them diocesan seminarians then, both for the Archdiocese of Atlanta? They'll be Archdiocesan priests. So with Carol, with your son already a transitional deacon was he ordained here in the archdiocese of atlanta yes so what was that experience like for you on that day i mean friends and family did and but the celebration what was that like i come from a pretty big family i have um, five sisters and a brother and most of them were able to attend along with their um children which was very powerful because a lot of them are questioning their faith and and where they are in their lives and to have them all there at christ the king was powerful Hmm. it was powerful and it i can't even describe how um i actually had friends there that weren't catholic that knew nothing about um you know the ordination and the 
the power of the Holy Spirit and the feel that I had, the love I felt from all our friends and family was so overpowering. And um, it, it was it was amazing. And I and I can't wait to feel that again at his ordination this summer. It's like I, I just wanted to get here. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hurry up and get here. Are you going to go to confession to your son? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe go to confession to one priest, yeah. come out, tell a lie, yeah. and then go to your son. It's like, yeah, now I need you to hear my confession. It's like some little thing. You know, yeah. it's like, like I said that I always liked you best. Yeah. I'm sorry. I like... <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. So, but your son is going to be able to witness the marriage of Kathy, your yes. daughter. Right. So tell, us, tell me a little bit about your friendship and how has it grown during the course of, of your son's studying your sons didn't know each other, and then they met each other at seminary, and two of you didn't know each other, and now you've met, and here you are together on Catholic Radio talking about this. Tell us a little bit about your friendship. Well, you know, the um, there's a group of Atlanta seminarians that get together, um, you know, at Christmas or near Thanksgiving, and it, it is fun to get to know everybody. And I think it's kind of funny, because Kathy and I, I think, are a lot alike. Um, you know, we're joking a lot with our boys and they seem to think that we're kind of alike so it, it's been fun getting to know her and her husband and their daughter and, um, and my children too so you know we don't always have the opportunity to get together um, our lives are just real different and separate but um, we love the Katas. Kathy? Yeah we're very very fortunate um, Robbie's I think it was his first year in seminary. Uh, one of the other families had everybody over at their house for all the men of Atlanta that go to Mundelein, and it just became an annual an annual dinner. So everybody gets together. We kind of rotate the houses each year, but um, just to have conversations with people who are going through the same things. Because when Robbie entered seminary, I had no idea what was involved. I mean, I, I didn't know how long the process was, how it worked. I had n- no idea at all. So. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of shared knowledge and uh, a lot of laughs and a lot of prayers, I think, for each other's children and for one another through this whole process. Well, what have been the biggest challenges that you each have had while your son's been going through seminary? Um, that not everybody's been positive. Yeah. You know, it's it's been interesting. I think most people have come around when they've seen the joy and the passion that he has um, for his faith, but... That kind of was hard for me. I imagine so. For me, it's just been, it's its the old Catholic thing. It's the fear of spiritual attack huh. that these young men come under or may come under while they're studying because we know that um, the closer someone wants to get to God, the harder the evil one tries to pull them away. So I just worry about, about his spiritual health and well-being through all of this. Right now we're speaking here during the Quest Atlanta's Family Strong Spirit Drive with Kathy Cotta, Carol Porter, two moms of seminarians studying for the diocesan priesthood here in the Archdiocese of Atlanta, 470-508-1160. If you want to call in and make a donation, we'd love to hear from you. Your help to be able to continue doing this work of the Quest. Where else are you going to hear stories like this? Where else are you going to get to know the flavor of the local Catholic community other than a place like this, the Quest? AM 1160. We'd, again, we appreciate your call. We appreciate your prayers at 
508-1160. And as I said, we are going to have a surprise coming up for you here in just a moment on the show. But we also want to encourage you, if you've not yet made your, your donation, to consider also becoming a monthly donor of $20 or more. All of our donors of $20 or more will become part of the St. Gabriel Society. And the Society represents our sustaining members. And we're so blessed because of the donations that we've received. And we've been able to furnish a chapel here at the station. And because of this, we're able to celebrate Mass each week. And we are uh, here at the staff, uh, at the Quest, the staff prays for all the intentions of our listeners. And we offer a Mass once a month for the intentions of the St. Gabriel Society. So if you'd like to become a member of the St. Gabriel Society, we encourage you at monthly donors of $20 or more, just give us a call, 470-508-1160. And so we've been talking about your sons. We've been talking about Deacon Paul, as well as Robbie, these young men studying for the priesthood in the Archdiocese of Atlanta. And I think that we actually might even have them joining us on the phone. Gentlemen, welcome to the quest. How we doing? <laughs> Mommy, is that you? <laughs> hey, guys. Um, Hi, guys. <laughs> What's going on? It sounds like you guys are crushing it. <laughs> of course we are. That's that's debatable. Carol's doing great. Me, not so much. Oh, that's not true. Your mom's, great your mom's radio, a pretty really dy- dynamic women, guys. I mean, that, that, did, would you say that you owe all of your holiness to them or only a part of your holiness to them? Ooh, first. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I give my dad 1%, but we'll get, we'll get mom 99 Excellent, son. You're my favorite, of course. <laughs> yep. All right. And I'll give a shout-out to Mama Kata, too. Uh, I guess in my own vocation to the priest that I owe probably most of it to her. Uh, growing up, going to Mass every Sunday uh, and falling in love with uh, the Mass, the Eucharist, uh, it was her encouragement and her teaching me uh, and explaining to me what was going on that allowed this vocation to the priesthood to foster. So, I'll actually be nice and give most of the credit of whatever holiness I do have to, to Mama Kata. Words from my favorite son. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so, gentlemen, are, are both of you studying at Mundelein? Yes, sir. We're up here right now. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we're, we're pretty thrilled about this whole deal of being on the show because you, you guys gave us an excuse to get out of our formation sessions early this morning, so this worked <laughs> out really well. <laughs> you, you you threw out the uh, the Catholic radio card, and they understand how important it is, especially you know when you look at your former rector and the work that he used to do and or still does in media. That uh, they say, yeah, we we need you to get as much exposure in Catholic radio as possible. Absolutely, yeah. We were going to bring Bishop Bob on, but uh, we Bob. thought maybe it'd be too much. We didn't want him stealing our spotlight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you, well, your your moms might overshadow him a little bit, but she might make people think, oh. You know, Carol and Kathy really should be doing all this word on fire stuff instead of Bishop Bob, maybe, huh? I've been saying it for years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I mean, as as we're talking and we're you know we're, we're sharing these stories with our listeners, and particularly you know we're talking about Catholic radio and Catholic media and that kind of thing. I'm really curious, given your, both of your ages, how has Catholic media played a role in your life? Well. I think personally, so I don't know if you all have talked about this already, uh, but Deacon Paul and I both attended Georgia Southern for undergrad, and while we were down there, we both actually majored in broadcasting. We majored in multimedia communications. Uh, So this was the field that we were both pursuing originally was actually media and multimedia and broadcasting and journalism and all of that. 
so we both kind of have a passion for it already. Uh, in fact, I remember Deacon Paul and I actually had classes together down at Georgia Southern, at least one that I can remember, uh, and we didn't know each other at the time, uh, which is pretty wild to think about that here are these two dudes who are in the midst of, uh, you know, the crazy, rowdy Southern culture down at GSU there that uh, here were two guys who were discerning a call to the priesthood, uh, were with one another, and had no idea about it. But uh, to get back to your question, I think uh, because of our background, uh, at least for me, media has played a big part in this. Uh, you mentioned Bishop Barron. Uh, when I was discerning priesthood and going through the application process, the Archdiocese gave me a choice of two seminaries to go to. I could either go to Mundelein up here in Chicago or Notre Dame Seminary, which is down in New Orleans. Uh, and ultimately, when I found out that then Father Barron was the rector uh, at Mundelein, that kind of made the decision for me. I said, I, I know he's doing some incredible things, and I kind of want to study under that guy. So for that reason, I think media has played a pretty huge role uh, in my own vocation, and uh, especially when times get tough here at the seminary, uh, it's great to have some of those resources. Uh, you know, on the weekend, if I'm feeling a little down, I can get on a podcast and listen to what Bishop Barron or Father Mike Schmitz are talking about that week. Uh, so it can serve as a great tool for us, a uh, great resource, and sometimes just a great encouragement, I think, uh, in our own spiritual journeys. How, how helpful is it to know that when you finish your studies and you return back to Atlanta, that as priests you would have resources like local Catholic radio to assist you in the work that you're doing and helping to continue the catechesis of your parishioners? Yeah, I, I personally um, have found that uh, we're in a pretty cool place in the church's history where uh, at any point, at any time, we're able to like recommend a, a radio show like this or recommend a YouTube video or a podcast to somebody who just has maybe like some question about the faith or is just wanting to, you know, just having that initial interest in something. And we can be very particular and very specific in what we give them. And we have access to uh, arguably all of the best preachers in the United States uh, very quickly, which is unique and cool um, and an awesome opportunity to evangelize. Well, gentlemen, what would you say, uh, you know, growing up and, and particularly as you're going through college and you start to consider vocations, what were the things that, that your family did, whether it was knowingly or unknowingly, to support your desire to seek out a vocation as a priest? What, what were the things that, so that maybe other families listening might hear and say, well, you know what, maybe we should be doing more of this or even less of that? I think I, I kind of touched on it already a little earlier, but uh, I think I remember being maybe six or seven. Mom, maybe you would remember better than me, but uh, as a pretty young kid talking very openly about wanting to be a priest. Uh, so we get asked the question all the time of what made you want to be a priest, right? Or, or how did you know? Uh, and I always describe it as just a, maybe a sort of magnetic attraction uh, to what I was witnessing. Uh, so growing up, the first uh, foundation there was just going to Sunday Mass. And at this time, my dad wasn't yet Catholic. Uh, and so mom was really the kind of the Catholic force uh, for our family. Uh, and it was every Sunday we were going to Mass. And as I'm growing up, uh, I just kind of naturally fell in love with the Mass, with the Eucharist. And I wanted to be 
a part of whatever it was that I was seeing going on up there. Uh, and I remember my mom telling me that at one point she went and talked to our pastor at the time, Monsignor Hugh Marin, and she said, you know, Monsignor, uh, my son is talking about becoming a priest. Uh, what do I do? And I, and again, mom, maybe you could weigh in on this, but uh, he, I guess, told her, you know, just encourage him. Uh, and so I would say that that's actually been fundamental in my own life is I had parents who supported me in this. Uh, as I've kind of discerned this thing that was uh, kind of unusual or, or difficult, that first and foremost, I had the support of a family uh, and I had the the catechesis or the education or whatever you want to call it uh, from the home that uh, what I was doing was good and that it was something noble to pursue. Uh, and so I felt very free in answering this call. Uh, so that was the biggest thing, I think, was that this was a good thing that I was doing uh, and my parents were going to love me through it. We're speaking right now on the phone with Deacon Paul Porter, and we have on the phone uh, Robbie Cotta joining us, both of them seminarians at Mundline Seminary, and in studio their moms, Carol Porter, as well as Kathy Cotta, joining us here on the Quest Spirit Drive, AM 1160, Family Strong Spirit Drive, 470-508-1160. Now, Robbie, I'm, I'm being told by one of our volunteers to make sure that I ask you particularly about a song Uh-oh. in regards to blowing your nose. Uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I don't know about that. There's a, I guess I'll call it an urban legend uh, that my home parish, my family's home parish is St. Bridget. Every year, the men of St. Bridget group puts on a, a charity golf outing uh, to raise money for all kinds of causes. And they have tapped me to attempt to be kind of a celebrity auctioneer to help them out with some stuff. Uh, and earlier this year in May, I may or may not have performed a little comedy sketch routine with a guitar. Uh, but that, I think that's just going to stay where it belongs in, in the realm of legend and, and myth. Well, I, I think that it might be legend or myth, but... Again, perhaps once you've had the opportunity to be ordained, even as soon as being ordained a transitional deacon, which we know is coming up, uh, God willing, next summer, that perhaps when you're back in Atlanta, you can stop by the Quest with said guitar, since we are just down the street from St. Bridget's, and you can you can perhaps uh, entice us with a little bit of that ditty. I, th- I know that our listeners would greatly appreciate that. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll pencil it in on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> the phone number is 470-508-1160. want to give a shout-out to uh, Kathy Cotta's son, Robbie, from Ann, who is listening on the app, the Quest mobile app from Broomfield, Colorado, uh, listening right now. So so who is Ann? Your mom, That's your mom my got sister. A big, oh, you got That's a big smile on, on her face when she heard Ann. So shout-out. To Robbie uh, from from your aunt Anne, as well as uh, other listeners that are listening right now and calling in, and also want to encourage you. Perhaps you want to be a donor who is going to uh, show uh, basically honor these two young men. If you want to become one of our monthly donors, those are truly the lifeblood of the station. They keep the lights on for us. Become a monthly donor and say, hey, you know what? I want to be a monthly donor in honor of Deacon Paul, of Robbie, of, of their moms. I want to make sure that Catholic Radio continues in the Atlanta area so that we can continue to hear stories like this. So encouragement from uh, from any of you. Carol, I'll, I'll start with you. As you're hearing your son right now, 
He's dishing class, it sounds like, so that he could be here with you right now. Some yeah. things never change. Yeah. It's a Georgia Southern tradition. Yeah. Oh, is that a Georgia Southern tradition? <laughs> that, that bringing it up to Mundelein. It's, it's good to know that our future priests have that discipline yes. in them. But, but Carol, what encouragement would you give to your son as he's continuing this last year of his formation before he's ordained a priest? Oh, my gosh. What encouragement. Um, that, that he continues to be the prayer warrior that he is. Um, and that he continues to have the influence on his brothers that I absolutely love. What would you say, Kathy? I would just encourage Robbie to keep asking for the Blessed Mother's prayers and for her guidance. And uh, I know he has a devotion to St. Therese, to the little flower, and I would just encourage him to keep praying to both of them and asking them to uh, give him the, the strength and the knowledge and the wisdom to continue the path that he's on. And, and so I'm going to throw it back to you guys. Now, I, I have not been successful yet. I thought, I thought uh, Deacon Paul, I almost got your mom to cry, but, but I, didn't, I didn't get the tears to brim over the eyelids. I mean, she was dabbing with the, with the napkin, but she didn't quite go there. Yeah. Uh, Kathy, I don't think I'm even close to getting to cry yet, but maybe you two could help me to make your mothers cry on the air. What would you say to them in terms of, of what is it that they did for you in fostering your own vocations? Uh, at least in terms of me, um, I actually one one thing very particular. Um, so we know as as Catholics, we we have this relationship with the Trinity, and uh, that the Trinity is three persons. So you have to meet each person individually. And and growing up, uh, I always had uh, a great relationship with God the Father, uh, with my own dad, which translated very easily with. Uh, to God the Father, but I always, uh, I always had a lot of difficulty approaching Jesus. Um, I felt like I felt like he was just very unapproachable for me. Uh, and actually, the way that I came to know Jesus was through Mary, um, and I found it very easy to know and love Mary because I already had a good and loving mother, um, and I found that to be just a very easy uh, transition for me. Um, so, and, um, in really every way I can thank my own mother for my own relationship with Jesus, which is, you know, everything that I depend on. Wow. She's not there yet, but we came close. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Robbie, what would you say to your mom? I'll cry if he sings. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, (laughs) He'll cry if I sing. Uh, I think uh, I'll flip the question around a little bit uh, and just share something that I have held on to as kind of a rock as I've um, discerned this vocation and the hardships that come with seminary life. Uh, To be very honest, uh, the, you know, it's a, it's a messy interior journey that we're on. uh, And there are times that get very tough in my own interior life, uh, spiritually, emotionally, uh, and I'd be lying if I said that there are, have not been times in this journey that I've kind of wanted to just call it quits. Uh, but some of the, the foundational moments of my own prayer uh, in those toughest times, something I go back to over and over, is actually something that, God willing, will happen in the future. Uh, when a priest is ordained at his ordination mass, the bishop actually anoints his hands with the sacred chrism oil. Uh, his hands are made 
holy. They're consecrated to do the work of God the Father, of Jesus Christ. Uh, and after that moment during the ordination mass, uh, the priest will, at least at our own cathedral in Atlanta, will go back to the sacristy, and he'll take a special cloth like a purificator, and he will wipe the excess oil off of his hands. Uh, and the tradition goes that that cloth, that special cloth, is actually saved. Uh, and at the the following day after my ordination to the priesthood, God willing, uh, I will celebrate the Mass for the first time. And at the end of that Mass, I'm going to call my mom forward, uh, and I'm going to present her with that cloth with the sacred oils from my hands. And the tradition goes that she's going to keep that cloth for the rest of her life until the day that she passes away. And when she does pass away, I'm going to wrap her hands in that cloth. And the, the beautiful tradition that we have in the Church is that she will get to heaven and that Jesus will say, I've given you a son, at which point she can show him her hands and say, I have given you a priest. Uh, in my toughest moments here at the seminary, uh, it's imagining what that moment is going to be like that has actually pulled me through. Uh, imagining that day, and specifically with my mom, who's been so foundational uh, in my own journey towards priesthood, that has pulled me through and has actually, a lot of times, I think, reignited the spark uh, that initially drew me to this life. It's just imagining the beauty of that moment and what that's going to be like. Well, your moms aren't crying, but I am. <laughs> That's a good song that can make you look forward to death, right? Robbie's crying too. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is a pretty awesome story right there. And again, all week long, I've been hearing tales like that that I never heard before that just emphasize where else in today's world are you going to hear aspects of our Catholic faith than you would on Catholic radio like that. So thank you both for the gift that you are to our church. Thank you for your willingness to give of yourselves and your lives to the study for the priesthood, for the desire to be those men of God who will shepherd us, who will lead us and provide for us through the sacraments of the Eucharist and reconciliation and all the others, that you will be the voice of God for all of us. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to have you both on the show. Deacon Paul, Robbie, thank you both for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been a joy. Thanks for getting us out of class. <laughs> well, always glad to help priestly delinquency. That's, that's, that's one of my goals. But the, <laughs> Carol and Kathy, my goodness gracious, thank you to both of you for being with us today, sharing your stories, your testimony, the joy of having children who follow vocations into religious life and the priesthood to hear that joy to be able to let others know of the beauty of it and that it's a it's a good thing that it's a it's a powerful thing it's something that's wanted in today's world it's something that's needed and the blessing that your family has become to the world through your children so well done moms Thank well you. done thanks for being here good job mom well done mommy i love you guys <laughs> love you guys so proud of y'all growing up being on the radio. <laughs> well, the number is 470-508-1160. If you want to make a donation in honor of these gentlemen, in honor of these moms, we've actually gotten some great calls. We've heard today from Trish and Julie and Chris and Susan and Vincent and Ann. All have called in and made their donations in honor of these gentlemen and their moms. You can do so as well. 470-508-1160. Again, it's 470 470- 
508-1160. We'd love to hear from you. So much more still ahead on AM 1160 as we continue the Quest Atlanta Family Strong Spirit Drive. I'm Greg Willits. More coming ahead. Father Timothy Gallagher going to be joining us in the next hour. Stick around. Hey, you. Yes, you. Have you heard the